Thanks for tuning in to the Voyage Church Podcast. Our desire is that today's message will be significant for all of us on the voyage of becoming. Let you know a few things. Good soil. Good soil in the Greek, this word actually means pertaining to or providing a special benefit or advantage. Now, I want you to know when we talk about the things of God and we talk about soil, the soil is your soul. The soil is your heart. Soil is your responsibility. The seed, you, you, don't, you don't get the seed. That's God's word. The watering of the seed, God will put people in your life to help do that. Friends to hold you accountable, pastors, leaders, being a part of a local body, that'll all help water the seed. Soil is you, your and I responsibility to make sure the soil of our heart is not cluttered with a bunch of weeds and a bunch of thorns, making sure that it's good and it's right. Has anybody, has anybody planted anything? Anybody grow anything, garden, anything like that? Okay, one person in the house. Bless God. 2023. Um, so this, these scriptures are tough for us in the West. This is tough for us, but when Jesus is speaking to people, this is all they know. Like, there is no drive-throughs. You can drive by a field, but there's no drive-through. And so nothing just happens like this. They know that everything is contingent on the fact that we make sure the soil is good, we have sown seed, we pray for rain, and then we watch it grow. And so... This good soil, I love that as Jesus is teaching and he, he used the word good soil, the Greek word he's using is that people understand, hey, that thing that he's talking about is something that gives an advantage to someone. In other words, if your soil's bad and we put a seed in it and something doesn't grow and someone else's soil is good and God puts the same seed in it and it grows, it can put you in a place of comparison going, that's not fair, but it was absolutely fair. One person took care of soil, the other person didn't. I know you swipe deleted the number, but you added them back or you unblocked them. So the soil's bad. That, that's your responsibility. All the young people are like, how did he know? It's called the Holy Spirit, y'all. So there's an advantage. The word here, when Jesus uses the word here, this word here, it means to receive news, to pay attention to, to believe and respond. Okay, so hearing is not just your child of like, you're hearing me, but you're not listening. Jesus is saying hear as like there is, you hear it and you respond immediately, all right? The other word that he uses is he says understand. So he talks about good soil. He says we should hear, right? Good soil is something that gives advantage. Hearing is not just listening, but it's actually you hear it and you respond to it. To understand is this word sinmai, and this word actually means to set pieces together. We were on vacation this past week. Shauna's family, they are puzzle people. I'm not a puzzle person. You put a puzzle in front of me, I'm like, why are we here right now? What is this? A thousand pieces? A thousand hours of wasted life. I want nothing to do with it. Shauna loves puzzles. Well, Summer Kate jumped in on the game this year. Summer Kate stayed at her grandparents' condo for a bit. Shauna had to come back over to the hotel where I had the babies, and I was like, where's Summer? She's like, she's still at the condo with dad doing the puzzle. We got back. They had finished that puzzle. How many pieces was that? It was a lot, 500, I don't know, it was a lot of pieces. But, like, she, she had to sit there and piece things together. Do you want to know why many of us struggle to understand the things of God? We're not willing to sit long enough to put the pieces together. I just can't understand the Bible. We haven't spent long enough time to even try to understand it. Man, you live in 2023, you can have the Bible read to you in your car. Could you imagine going to, like, Noah, one of the oldest people in the Bible, and being like, hey, 
Man, if you listen to the book of Genesis, the book, there ain't no book of Genesis. It's just my stories that I tell people. Oh, man, I've been listening to that on audio Bible for a while. Like, could you imagine? We have more access now to understand the things of God than any generation on the planet. There is no excuse. But this word, setting pieces together, it, it employs one's capacity of understanding to get to the place of where there's like an insight. Almost like the light bulb goes off. Oh, my gosh. I get it. But it's interesting because remember what Jesus said a few verses ago. So in this verse, he's saying, hey, if there's good soil, if the seed falls on good soil, those who hear, understand, will produce. I'll tell you about produce in a second. But he says understand in this verse, but rewind. He tells the disciples what? You are permitted to understand the things of the kingdom, but others are not. It's not the same word. In English, it's understand. In Greek, it's not. When he's speaking about getting insight, he's like, hey, you're going to have to get the word in, and you're going to have to semi. You're going to have to begin to go, oh, okay, that makes sense. I'm putting the pieces together. But what he said to the disciples is much different. When he said to the disciples, he didn't say semi. He said gnosko. And gnosko in Greek actually is built on this idea that you are permitted to understand something because of an intimate relationship. And here's what I love about this reality. It's not either or, it's both and. When you are like, okay, God, if you're real, I'm gonna believe, like, I'm, I'm struggling, I've tried everything on my own, like, I'm just gonna open up my heart to you. The seed of God's word is gonna come. You're gonna hear, respond, saying, okay, God, I'm gonna give you everything. I'm gonna, if, you are, if you are who you say you are, prove it. And then when you do that, you're gonna start, oh, the puzzle pieces are starting to connect. I, I was a sinner, I needed to be saved. There was nothing I could do. I, I tried to numb the pain with, with drugs, alcohol, relationships, and I just can never get past that. But Jesus, not only forget, like, the enemy thought he had me, but Jesus showed up and said, no, you're mine. I'm forgiving you. I'm wiping it clean. You are no longer ashamed of someone seeing you and go, oh, I know who you used to be. Baby, that person's dead. I'm a brand new person in Christ. You can talk about that person all you want. They don't even exist any longer. The only thing about that life that I talk about is the goodness of God that I've been delivered from it. And when that happens, it's because the pieces started coming together. But as you follow Jesus, you begin to get a gnosko. You begin to get this relationship with God where it's like, man, I, I know the heart of God and God knows my heart and there's, there's an actual relationship. Not a, well, everything's bad. Hey, honey, I really think we should go to church. Just, you know, everything that just happened with your mom and stuff. I don't know, I just think we need to get back in it. You, that is built off of just a semi, putting the pieces together. Oh, life is getting a little tough. We should get closer to God. And I just want you to know if you live your whole life like that, you're gonna be back and forth and you're gonna miss Gnosko. You're gonna miss the intimate relationship with the Father. And that's what he desires for you. That's where he wants to take you. And then what Jesus says is he says, so if you hear and you understand, you'll begin to produce. And this word produce actually means to cause results, to bear fruit. Can I just tell you that if the soil of your heart is good and ready and God puts the word of his word in your heart and you hear it and respond to it and then you um, begin to understand and like, okay, I, I'm beginning to understand more of God. And, and now I'm getting an intimate relationship with him where I'm learning his heart and his ways. God, I wanna see people the way you see him. God, I wanna love people the way you love them. God, I wanna speak to people the way you would speak to them. Isn't it funny how Christians are so quick to like judge everybody and Jesus literally just walked around and was, I mean, the woman caught in adultery, like she was in sin. There's no way to like excuse this sin. It's not like, I was just born this way. No, baby, like you went and got in bed with him and something could have been born, but no, she's not. You made a decision. This is what happened in the Bible. And what does Jesus say to this woman? Woman, where are your accusers? 
I don't accuse you either. Go and sin no more. Grace, compassion, mercy. That's the, that's the Jesus that we see in Scripture. That's a picture of the heart of God, and that's the heart that we're supposed to have an intimate relationship with. And so here's what happens for you and I. Everything right now in your life matters. Everything that you receive, the condition of the soil of your soul, what you're hearing and what you're responding to, be real quick. Just because they posted it doesn't mean it needs a response, okay? I know, I know. You read it. You got books you want to write them. Wow, I'm mature. I'm going to DM them. You don't, they, don't, they don't always need a response, okay? Because what we're hearing and responding to is affecting where we are in the moment, but every moment is doing something for the momentum in your life and where you're headed. The question you and I have to ask ourselves is where are we headed? And I want you to know that of all these things, the seed goes, you hear, you understand, and you produce, I wanna make sure we all understand that the only responsibility we have is how's our soil? We did a series, if you, if you weren't here at our church, you should go back and listen to it on our podcast. It was called um, Soul Health, and it was all about how's your soul? How healthy is your soul? Because that's the soil. Everything else, the seed, the watering, the growth, guess who that's on? God. We make sure that the soil's right. Why? Because everything right now is going to affect what is later. And so, um, as I was praying about this message, the Lord gave me these two things. He said, John, there are people who spectate encounters, and then there are people who have specific encounters. And if you've been around Voyage Church for any amount of time, we are not interested in you showing up on Sunday and spectating worship leaders or spectating a preacher and being awed and inspired by someone else's life of faith and never living out your own. Not interested. Ah, dang well, turn all these chairs around. They got a little screen back there for the band, and y'all can look at the wall in worship. This is about Jesus. Now, again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being inspired by someone, but if it stops at inspiration and it never moves to impartation, if it never moves to where Paul said, hey, stir up the gift that you received with the laying on of hands, Paul was saying, hey, you saw me, you were inspired by the way that I live, but I prayed for you that you would receive the same Holy Spirit and the same power, that it would be imparted to you, and now you go live your own relationship with God. I'm okay for my life to inspire someone to want to live for God, but I'm not giving you mine. you got to go get your own. And so what happens is, is we've got generations of Christians who have spectated encounters. We've been in rooms. Some of you uh, grew up in the area. I've talked with some of you. We're at the Brownsville Revival, which is a big revival. Some people are like, oh, I think it was hokey. Other people like it was real. At the end of the day, if you weren't there, well, you don't really got any say in the matter, do you? But the Spirit of God poured out. People were getting saved. And I've talked with people, though, that were there, and what breaks my heart is they talk about a time that was, and they don't tell me what God's doing now. Because they've spectated encounters in one season, and they're not hungry for specific encounters in this season. And so the Lord told me that it is time, like our church, like, look, we know we are cut from a different cloth. Why the Lord dropped us in Santa Rosa County, Payson, Milton, like we a little bit different. We got it. Okay, Lord, thank you. And there's beautiful expressions of God's house everywhere, but it's a little bit different here. We're, we're a little wild, you know, a little crazy. I mean, big old dude with the beards over here singing like an angel. Brianna paces back about a thousand times. I, I mean, literally, I think she could just probably, there's like ruts going to be there eventually. We, we got to get another building. 
Like, we're just a little bit different. We get that. But why? Because I'm not interested in someone spectating a bunch of encounters. I want you to have ex- specific encounters personally with God for your life. On a Tuesday. Come on, someone almost said it. You almost said it. No, you didn't. Okay, well, all right, I apologize. No one's going to say on a Tuesday. All right, no, that's fine. No millennials in the room. Here we go. When the Lord was speaking to me about this, I... Uh, Everybody got there now and later? If you eat it now, you ain't going to have no teeth later. Um, the Lord reminded me about this candy as a kid, which I love the flavor of, but I was like, literally going to lose all of my teeth. Who already ate it? Raise your hand if you already ate it. Okay. Uh, you might want to keep the wrapper. You can put it like in your car because it was a part of the sermon analogy. It wasn't like a thank you for coming to church token. Um, and uh, if you do have to go to the dentist, do not send us your bill, okay? You chose to eat that, right? Um, but I was thinking about this candy, and it's actually funny. My youth pastor preached a message when I was a teenager, and uh, he, he kind of did a similar idea with this. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's good. Um, hey, I started calling the team. I was like, hey, anybody know where you can buy now and laters? And then Alex, who plays keyboard, he texted me. He was like, hey, I've called like 27 places. The uh, Dollar General next to Firehouse has um, 300 of them. They got 10 bags. And I was like, how did you figure this has been like three minutes? So I drove up there, sure enough, 10 bags, bought them. Another student went out to Party City, picked up some others. And so I think we have like a total of 400. Um, But as I was thinking about this candy, and, you know, there's the jokes of like, it'll rip all your teeth out later if you eat it now. But I just started thinking about the things of God and that everything right now will impact your later. What you believe about Jesus right now is going to affect your later. What you believe about Jesus right now will affect your later. For far too long, we have spectated others' encounters. John chapter 4, 39 through 42, this is a woman at the well. She has this long encounter with Jesus. Jesus completely changes her life, and she goes back to her town, the town that she was ashamed to go into, and she says, come meet a man who told me everything I ever did. Basically, she's like, hey, all y'all know that I'm, I get around, Y'all know, and I used to be ashamed, and I didn't want to be around y'all, and now I'm coming to tell you this man already knew I had been around, and he forgave me. It's all good. Y'all got to come meet this man. You can see the people in town being like, this girl is wild. She's throwing out all her dirty laundry. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. Why would she be excited about Jesus saying everything she ever did unless Jesus wasn't wrapped in compassion? When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village, so he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear, uh, to hear his message and believe. Now listen, don't miss this. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, not just because we've spectated your encounter, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know he is indeed the Savior of the world. Thus they said, we're not spectating your encounter. We just got one of our own. Everything that you're doing right now affects your later. I want to ask, I want you to think about some things when it comes to the things of God is what is happening right now? Because it's now time that you and I move from spectating to specifically encountering the things of God for ourselves. 
What you believe about prayer will affect your later. What you believe about operating in faith and taking risks, what you believe about the Holy Spirit and his gifts, what you believe about generosity and the tithe, what you believe about the power of your words, what you believe about serving, what you believe about honor, what you believe about purity, what you believe about compassion, what you believe about purpose, what you believe about studying God's word, what you believe about your legacy will affect your later. Whatever you believe about those things now, what does prayer look like now? Because it'll affect you later. If prayer is just every once in a while, you'll feel it later. But if prayer is this incessant thing that I don't need to feel it to do it, but I know that God hears me and I'll wake up early in the morning and before I go to bed and I'll pray over my children and I'll stop and when someone says, hey, can you pray for me? When I get a text that someone's in the hospital, it's not just a text back, hey, we'll pray for you. It's a, hey, are you okay if I get before the church and we pray right now? Because this is what we believe right now will affect the later. Whatever you do right now, what are you doing right now? Are you spectating other people's encounters? Do you come to church and people walk up and be like, man, pastor, I love the message. Thanks so much. I'm going to be honest. I appreciate you saying thank you. But number one, it's not about me. It's about him. But are you just spectating me talk about him or are you experiencing him? Because I'm talking about specific encounters. I'm talking about when you are at a grocery store and the spirit of God speaks to your heart to pray for somebody and you are scared out your mind. But what you don't realize is that they actually need you to pray for them, and that will be more impactful than any sermon they'll ever hear in their life. You sign up to serve at an outreach, not realizing that you think you're going to help people, and somehow in serving, you're actually being impacted by the things of God yourself. And you have this encounter with God. Where many of us struggle to keep doing the right thing right now is when you aren't seeing what you had hoped to see. Has anybody ever been there? Anybody been praying right now, asking God right now, and then you're like, I feel like I've been praying right now for a little while. Like, it's later than it was, but I'm not seeing anything. If we are doing the right thing right now and not seeing what we hope for, just know that you will reap later. That's what Jesus is teaching them about the seeds. He's like, look, if you sow a seed in this ground with, with rocky soil, well, you won't see it later. If you sow seed around thorns, you won't see it later. Around weeds, you won't see it later. But if you sow it in good soil, oh, you'll see it. Because that's just the principle of the earth. If you sow a seed in good soil and it's taken care of, it will grow. So what are you and I allowing to be sown into our, our souls? And is it healthy? Because here's, here's what it boils down to. Last night, we had some people over at the house. And Sabrina, she's like back there. I was looking for you. I hope I could see you. But many of you don't even know who Sabrina is. Number one, because she's not here every week. She lives in Louisiana. She had done a missionary school, and while she did that, she ended up reaching out to Shauna and I. She was like, hey, some things shifted um, where I wasn't able to go overseas to one of the places. Could I come as you guys are getting ready to launch Voyage Church? So this would have been back in January of 2022. She was like, I would just love to be around and just help and serve you guys. So she showed up. And what many of you don't know, she's in this building. She's never seen this building. It's her first time in here. But she was literally, I'm talking crucial in the early days when Shauna and I, that week, few weeks before launching, Sabrina, I remember calling you, but hey, can you run, go get this stuff? Can you print this at Office Max? Can you do this? Can you do this? And she was so integral to what happened at the beginning. But guess what she hasn't been seeing? What's been happening every week? Not, not in the room. But what she was doing in her now affected later. Here's the beauty of not only will your now affect your later, your now can affect laters that you might not even be seeing. There are generations 
there are, there are, like to think about, Sabrina, that you were doing those little odds and ends as we were trying to figure out how to set up this little elementary school and that there are families in here. You didn't know her, but she was so in seeds. That was so important to her now and what God was doing, but it was affecting you later. And this is how God works. This is how the things of God work. Whatever you're doing right now is going to affect later. And so this is, worship team, you guys can come up, but this is what, where the Lord kind of took me, and I, I, I want to charge you with this, and this is a challenge. Like, I just want you to know, this sermon does you no good if you walk out and say it was good. If you don't take any of these steps that I'm about to give you afterwards, like, bro, you just wasted an hour and a half of your life. I just, I'm being honest with you. I know it might feel like really real, but that's just, that's who we are. And the Bible says in James 1.22, if you hear the word and you don't do it, you fool yourself. I love you, but I do not desire that you would fool yourself. A more accurate translation says that you delude yourself. That's not the heart of God. The heart of God is that we would hear his word, we would apply it, and we would experience it. And so as I was praying, here's what the Lord kind of began to show me. I was thinking about in the book of Hebrews, it talks about a great cloud of witnesses. If you haven't read that, well, go read it. We read in Matthew 13, that scripture we, we opened up with, Jesus says, the prophets of old longed to see what you are now seeing, but they didn't see it. And there's another scripture that, I, I don't know if you've ever been to a funeral, and, and just know my heart when I say this is not to like, like, you know, hurt your heart or anything like that. But if you've ever been to a funeral and they're like, oh, you know, I miss, you know, aunt so-and-so, but, you know, she got her wings and she's an angel. I just want you to know that is unequivocally theologically inaccurate. No person from earth that dies will ever become an angel, ever. Because what you think is that if you become an angel, you get something greater. That's false. According to scripture, what you have is greater than what angels have. You don't believe me? Let's look at it. First Peter, one. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. This is referring to the book of Isaiah, verse 12. They were told that their messages were not for themselves but for you. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is all so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Did you know that angels are in heaven peering down? And I just, as I was driving the other day, coming back home, I just felt the Lord say, John, please don't allow angels to peer down and look at me and say, Dad, why aren't they having specific encounters? Why are they just every once in a while spectating our encounters and thinking that this actually doesn't apply to right now? Because God, we're looking down going, can you, um, we're around you, God, but they, God, they've got you in them. What is it like to have God on the inside? Angels in heaven are peering down at you, wondering what it is like to have God on the inside. And my question for you and I is, are we a bunch of people that are coming to church and checking boxes and spectating people, or are we hungry for the things of God? God, I'm not perfect, but I'll be a vessel. God, if heaven's peering, if Hebrews says there's a great cloud of witnesses cheering me on to the life of faith, I want to live a life of faith. I want to encounter you, God. 
I want to see miracles, signs, and wonders. As I was driving, there's many of you, the Lord was putting your faces in my mind, and I was talking with Mr. Glenn this past week. Him and his wife are just incredible people in our church that are prayer warriors, and I just, I got overwhelmed. And the Lord told me this. He said, John, it's an urgent hour. Look at me. I I know young people, I I get it. Look, I was the boy that I, I... Whatever you think about it, I had a purity ring. Like, I saved myself for marriage. Like, my wife's the only person I've been with. Like, and I, I'll be honest with you. If I just be real honest with you. I was the kid, like, Jesus, I know they say you're coming back, but could you, like, wait till like, after my wedding night? I just, uh, be real, you know. I got to be real faithful. And I know I can say that in a joking way, but some of us, when we think about an urgent hour, some of you are like, well, man, I want to have a family one day. Others of you are like, man, I just started this business. I want to see my kids grow up. And and I know it's, we don't want to admit it, but it's like, yes, I know Jesus is going to come back one day and that'll be great, but could you wait? And I'm here to tell you, You've got to have eyes to see and ears to hear. It's an urgent hour. Jesus is coming back. I don't know if you're just here in church because you like hope you can hear a little bit about love and it'll feel nice. The clouds are going to crack open. A trumpet is going to sound. Jesus is going to come back. And I don't know what you believe about tattoos, but the Bible says he's got king of kings and lord of lords tatted on him. He's got a robe and the robe is dipped in blood. Now, some people don't know about the dipped in blood. And... I'll tell you about the dipped in blood real quick. It's interesting that Jesus would show up to fight the enemy with a robe dipped in blood. They say in the book of Revelation that this is actually a picture of walking into a fight that hasn't been fought as if it's already over. Think about UFC. Micah, could you imagine watching a UFC fight and a dude walks in, you know, they got the lights, everyone's excited. He comes in with blood splattered on him, heavy breathing. The other guy is clean, pristine, he got his oil on him, and he goes, what is that? And that dude is breathing heavy and he says, this is your blood, this fight's already over. That's what Jesus is coming back with, the robe dipped in blood. It's as if he walked through the enemy's camp and he said, this fight's already over. I've got the victory. So can I tell you something? You might be having some difficult days now, but Jesus went into your later. He secured your victory and your future and heaven is peering down, waiting for you to walk in all the fullness of God. And you don't have to be perfect. You just gotta be hungry. What's your hunger look like on Wednesday morning? Do your kids catch you in the word? What's your hunger look like on Friday on your way to work? Are you worshiping? I'm talking about a lifestyle of faith and knowing that God wants to use your life. Watch this. If you're in this room and you got invited by someone else to this church because of what was happening in their life, will you stand to your feet for me? Just, just look around. Just look around. Not a worship team. Not a preacher. People encountering God. And someone spectated it. That's great. But it moved you to an encounter with God. Come on, stand to your feet all over the room. Y'all already, look, I already had you set up, bro. All you had to do was just press in. When the, hey, look, newsflash. When the band's building like this, you might as well get ready. We about to press in anyways. Is there anybody ready for specific encounters with God? Is there anybody that says, heaven, watch this. Angels, watch this. Because that's what's happening. 
And everything that you do right now, it's gonna affect what's later. It's an urgent hour. We need eyes to see. We need ears to hear because God's doing something and I don't wanna spectate it. I wanna be right in the midst of it. So, so here's what I wanna ask you real quick. Is there anybody in this room right now that would say, man, I just heard you talk about a grace and a love that, man, I don't know nothing about that. I don't know anything about that. Dude, I ain't never seen a skinny white boy this passionate about anything in my life. If you're in this room today and you're like, hey, I, if there's a God who loves me, if there's a God who loves me and wants to have a specific encounter with me, I want that. Heads bowed, eyes closed all over the room. I just want to ask you today, man, if that's you, if you're in here and you're like, I want to know this God, Will you lift your hand in the room right now? Yeah, come on, I see you. I see you. I see you. I just want you to know, but it's not about me seeing you. He sees you. Leave your hand up. Leave your hand up. This isn't about anybody, like, trying to, you know, put their eyes on you. I, I, I want to lead you real quick. Everybody's right where they are. But if your hand is lifted, I want you in your own words to tell God right now. You don't need fancy spiritual words. You tell God right now, God, I'm giving you my life. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Tell him, say, God, I turned from my old life. And then when you just simply ask him this, God, I want a specific encounter with you. This is what we call the voyage of following Jesus. There's nothing else like it in all the earth. And I want you to know that the Bible says that when one person repents and turns to God, remember how I said heaven's peering down? The Bible says that heaven throws a party. Come on, can we in the room give it up that people just said yes to Jesus for the first time? Heaven's watching. Heaven's watching. Now I'm going to pray for you, and here's what we're going to do. We open up the altars at Voyage Church. This is something we do. We got, a, we got a team of people that'll walk and pray for you. There's some of you, you're hungry for more. You want a specific encounter. Maybe it's a husband and a wife saying, hey, look, we've got to press in more than we ever have before. The altars are open. I want you to respond to the things of God right now, right now, because he's moving us from spectators to having specific encounters. Father, we thank you right now. Everything we're doing now, everything we're doing now, God, you're preparing something ahead. You're moving us in to the later. Jesus, you went ahead of us. You took care of it. You paid the price. So Father, we press in right now. God, as men and women are pressing in, we want more of you, God. More of you, God. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to check us out on thevoyage.church to stay updated on everything God is doing in our city.